when my youngest was like, why are you so loud when you record? Like, I don't know. We get really energetic. He's like, do you think you can just be loud instead of being funny? (laughs) I was like, wow. Whoa. 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 Fucking cold. Ice cold. Stone cold. Murdered. By a child. He is intense. Oh, yeah. It's so on brand, honestly. I, I, so I do have a hard out, so we probably gotcha. should get started. podcast with a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details of running and writing games we're queer women speaking with authority about games yes we swear die mad about it (laughs) (laughs) completely now you're off your rhythm i'm ray i'm an industry professional hey i've written on a million different scion books i've written on vampire i've written on they came from beyond the something or other I've written on Exalted. I do a lot of narrative work. I do a lot of character work. I do a lot of setting work. I'm here to smooch dragons Excellent. and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Hi, I'm, I'm Monica. I'm also an industry professional. I got a pretty long list of pretty long list of credits. Uh, probably most notable for doing a lot of Scion and Exalted work, which is why all of you are here. You may have also known me as the person helping steer where Exalted Essence went. As you know, at this point in BXP season four, we have been buying independent games and reading them, reading them live. We are going to talk about our thoughts and feelings on the games we bought, what we were impressed by, what we have critiques about, and we encourage all our listeners to go out and buy the game and check it out for themselves. So please monetarily support independent artists. If you have suggestions on what game we should talk about, join us on our Discord channel, which many of you are because this is a live episode, but this is also going to be released. Remember to support us and join the Patreon-only room where we take suggestions much more seriously. What a value (laughs) for a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) So today on our game docket, we have a game called Dragon Hearts, which is a Firebrands hack for three to four players about playing shape-shifting dragons who fight and kiss written by a friend of ours from the internet, Alex Roscuro Guerrero, and that idea is extremely our shit. (laughs) Just a brief plug for Alex's podcast, which is called Unplaytested, in which he and his co-host Laura take a random prompt, do a game jam for an hour, and then make a mostly playable game. They also have a live stream, gets on Tuesdays, and it's pretty late because they invited me to be in it, and I was like, y'all are on Pacific time and you start at midnight, and that's a work night, sorry. (laughs) It has been confirmed Dragon Hearts was in the BLM bundle, so cool. If you bought that, you have this game. Let's talk about what this game is about. All right, let's let's talk about Dragon Hearts. Dragon Hearts is about being a dragon mm-hmm. and fighting and smooching, and mm-hmm. it's a beautiful, like, very evocative kind of a game. So based on Firebrands, which I haven't actually read Firebrands proper, but I've now read a couple of Firebrands hacks, essentially. So I feel mm-hmm. like I'm getting the gist of Firebrands. <laughs> I also have never read Firebrands, which probably makes me unqualified to comment on whether or not this is a good use of Firebrands, but we'll just not. 
It's a good use of dragon smooching. Yeah, I think it's important to say that like while the top level thing is like this is about shape-shifting dragons who fight and kiss, it is also very specifically about playing. They have like a shared dream. All people are playing dragons. This is not specifically a game about playing a dragon who meets a human. You could become a human. You can like change your shape into human. You can shape-shift and become a human. Or be uh, uh, maybe he's a dragon man <laughs> but you could have a big beefy arm right. um but it's it's also like not just about that it's also about like transformation not right. just on this on the shape-shifting level but a lot of the different scenes or questions or moves i guess are about how your character will transform which is interesting i like i like that as being like i don't really see that a lot in these sort of narratives where it's just like i'm a dragon and i smooch you it's you know oh what does it mean because i'm a dragon and i'm smooching now but it's you know <laughs> i keep remembering that my oldest is over there <laughs> He's making faces at me. Um, he can read his own copy of Dragon Hearts and come to his own conclusions. But yeah, it's it's about dragons who smooch. There's like a there's a there's this really interesting cosmology of basically the beginning stage of of play. This is pretty firmly in the one session play, right? Like this is not the lead up says three to four hours. Yeah, this so is it's, not it's, a it's, campaign. It's, we're leaning more into the how do you play part of stuff. So why don't we just transition into talking about how the game is played? Okay, because that's actually um, not very long. Uh, no. <laughs> like there's not, first you'll have to roll 12 deep eights and then double no. every four, right? Like <laughs> No, it's, it's diceless. I, right. I think that's a firebrand thing. It's diceless. So much like many story games, the mechanics in firebrands and therefore in dragon hearts are about creating and directing conversation. I think we've talked about this at length. We talked about different game mechanics and how that works. And so everything is about negotiation and using framing phrases to direct the way game plays. Would you right. agree with yep. that assessment? Absolutely. Cool. Yep. It's actually got like, there's that little how to play section that's literally two paragraphs. Like it's, <laughs> it's a very straightforward, read the next few pages, which are like how to make your character and shit. And then there's like sub games, which again is, I'm pretty sure a Firebrand's thing yes which are basically like here's the different sort of the ga- the sub games are basically like scenarios or suggested scenes that you play through each of those scenes has prompts and questions and you basically guides like a free form sort of thing and then you end it on a specific scene where you wrap up the wrap up the game and wrap up what happens to your characters we are very much looking at telling a complete story one whole chapter of your dragon's life in one session of play lasting between three to four hours and i feel like that is the probably the max this would go looking at this i could see it maybe lasting more like two depending on how into it people get this isn't like a a campaign setting I suppose you could use it because this is so very much directed on specific conversation and storytelling. You could basically campaign it by playing vignettes that chain into each other. Yeah, yeah. Like you could, this could be a repeat adventure of the same character. Like I think you, there's nothing stopping you from playing a series of stories about the same characters if that's interesting to you. But that's clearly not like that's not within the, the scope intent. of this. There's no, there's no like additional systems for that um so so this opens right up with the author's choice of safety tool which is great there's some pretty intimate stuff in here so you it's pretty important that there's a safety tool like right up front like hey you might you might be smooching and fighting (laughs) this very much looks like a printer friendly document it's pretty clear that you're supposed to just print this off and have this uh, safety flower which is one of the ones that we don't talk about very often as an option where like the outside of it says yes i'm into it and then the middle says, 
let's keep it right here. We're going on the edge. This is getting real. Please pay attention. Be careful. And mm -hmm. then the center says no. Basically, basically stop lights, like green for go, yellow yeah. for mm, caution, yeah. and then red for like, nope, let's try something else. You touch the part of the flower that indicates how you're feeling. I've like seen the the flower before, and as, as much as it's like a neat design, I think it's probably my least favorite safety tool. <laughs> <laughs> Would you but like it's to go into why that is? I feel like it's a little too complicated. I feel like if if I'm meant to tap a specific petal on the flower, like I have to, if we only have one big one in the center of the table, I have to like reach for the one that I'm looking for. Or basically it requires a lot of manipulation that I'm I'm not necessarily going to be into in the middle of a game, especially compared to like, like the scene change, which I used to not be a huge fan of Brebo Sheldon's scene change, but now I'm like, really into it specifically for the because x card is the go-to where it's like you know if you don't like something hit the x card and it's right. it's just a binary like do you want it or not but scene change is like let's skip through this let's slow down let's replay this let's stop let's yeah and i, I like that a lot because it's a pretty straightforward like oh. a video playback control rob says the title of it is script change yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Script change. Brebo Sheldon's script change, which actually has like support on Evil Hat now. Like you can get like that's awesome printouts and stuff. For yeah, it's awesome. The support flower is like pretty, and it's probably a good choice for like a very romantic kind of a setting, like for Dragon Hearts. But I am not a fan of it. I'm guessing the intention here is that like you sit across from each other, and then you put it between you. That's true. Yeah. And so you're I, like, yeah. so like you're looking at each other in this like intimate one-on-one -on -one thing, but it is just saying three to four players. So I guess you want, maybe want two of them. I don't know. Anyway, to just to anyway. credit where credit for the thing, the support flower was adapted by Taylor Stokes from support signals by Jay Silvano. And then there is a link to where you can get it in the PDF. And there's also a big image of the, the flower itself in the PDF here that you could print out. So let's talk, because next is how to build a character, which I find really cool. Characters fit on an index card, and I love any game that will do that. And it instructs you to fold an index card into a little tent shape, and then you choose a faction from one of the following pages, and we will get into that in a minute. Then you write down all the prompts for your character, which is on the next page, and then it suggests that you use a pencil because things about you may change. Uh, and then and then you are supposed to read out read out loud the details of your character. And then on the next page, the, the prompts that you have for the important details about your character are your name. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. it says that four world dragon names are five to seven syllables with a shorter nickname, which I love. It encourages you to be overdramatic with it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like- I love it. Sifiniriax the wise, or a feral garden grows rampant. Fantastic. Uh, and then, of course, give your character's pronouns. And then you have your blood type, which you pick from what type of dragon you are, or just make it up. And that's not like A, B, A, B. No, no, no. It's, it, it's <laughs> like sand. It's like brass, quicksilver. Like you, you decide yeah, yeah, yeah. what your literal blood is. <laughs> and then, of course, you have dragon breath because mm -hmm, you are, mm -hmm. of course, a fucking dragon, yeah. um, which also comes from the type of dragon that you are. Or again, you can literally just make it up. Like the blood... Options can be pretty straightforward and, and concrete, but some of the breath options are really abstract. Like mm -hmm. your breath could be insight. Your breath could be good fortune. And I, that's also, I like that. I think that's neat. And then you have two qualities, which I believe are personality qualities. Yeah, like radiant, methodical, prophetic, resourceful, pragmatic, that sort of thing. Hot. Hot. Yeah, you, you pick two of them, or as always, you can just make it up. Then you decide what sort of horde 
you have. And when you sleep on your hoard, it gives you better control over your dreams. And dreams are very important at this, as this was, of course, part of the dream jam. And your hoard, again, is like, you know, pretty straightforward, like art or gold or whatever. But then there's also, like, I think their example character, her hoard is dead lovers. Lovers. (laughs) Which is ominous. Metal as hell. (laughs) And then you have your mood which I'm just going to read this directly because it's pretty cool and summarizing it will not be as cool. Dragons constantly express their emotional state through color changes, pheromone sense, and telepathic music. Yeah. Yeah. Read your faction's prompt and fill in one of the sights, sense, or sounds that you use to show your mood at others later as you discover them. And then last, of course, leave put on your card whether or not you are open for romance. Yeah, you just put Which, like a little heart or whatever on heart. it. If you're yeah. like, yeah, you can romance me. I'm romanceable. If you don't want to do that, you either leave it blank blank, or draw something else. There's only three factions listed in here. So if you're playing with the full complement of four players, you might have some overlap, which I honestly think is kind of neat. You got your... It says up front that if everybody wants to play from the same faction, it literally doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, that's fine. So the factions are based on this setting is basically there's a planet that you guys will decide what the world is like. There's something called the Sky Mountain, which is this inverted pyramid that rotates around the planet. Then there's the moon. And every thousand years, all three of these come into alignment with the sun and create this like massive eclipse. And that's this, the setting for this game is this, this eclipse is about to happen and all of Dragonkind like attends this summit because someone is about to achieve totality, which seems like some sort of dragon nirvana. And it's a big deal. So all of you are here for this like this diplomatic meeting, this you know, exchange, whatever form it takes in your game. So the three factions then are the sun dragons, the moon dragons, and then the void dragons, which are probably my favorite, where the sun dragons are more tied to the planet and the like concrete things that are happening on the world. So a lot of the prompts are not just, you know, like sun and light and warmth and stuff, but you also have at the very bottom these faction details, which are prompts based on like how your dragon's faction takes shape in this world. So it'll be like, we've created wondrous institutions and artifacts such as blank. And that's part of your world building. And that's something that the other characters will know about your faction. So the sun dragons are more like about the world, about like concrete things and institutions and things that they've made. Um, moon dragons lived on the moon. They retreated to the moon <laughs> after the last eclipse. They're more about magic and uh, darkness and music. And they have, their stuff is more like secret projects and wisdom. The factions each have their own preferred way to show their mood. Like where you have- yeah. Scent pheromones, telepathy, and color change. The sun dragons prefer color changing. The moon dragons prefer their scent using pheromones. And then there's the void dragons, which lived in space for a long time. So they're like hot and alien. And they also like uh, telepathy. They like musical instruments. And they're all about like the past and the future. I think this is really cool because Ray explained how this like conjunction is happening. And then there's this eclipse and this totality. And someone's going to achieve dragon nirvana. And spoilers, that's going to be you probably. But together... Everybody builds the world with this premise in mind. So you could define the environment and the climate or the society and the culture, what other people live there, what kind of technology and magic you might have or anything else. So you're supposed to put together details that everybody is interested in. But then the thing that it does that I think is really awesome is that each faction gets to write specific things about the three parts of the world. So like the moon, the planet, and then the past. Sun dragons... Anybody who's playing a sun dragon gets to write two true things about the world. And anything that you define obviously is true. Then moon dragons get one get to write one thing about the world and one thing about the moon. Also very cool. And void dragons write one that has been true since ancient times and one thing that was 
that once was but is no more. So if you're playing a Void Dragon, you get to define all sorts of weird lost history. And that is rad as fuck. And then, of course, it states, because you can you can play as many or as few of these factions as you want, if any factions are shared or absent, you can pick a choice from above from a different faction if you prefer. I kind of like the idea of playing a game that's maybe totally focused on one aspect of it, and then since this is about exploration and to some degree transformation and like self-discovery in that process, it may be very interesting to play a game of all of one type of character and then only define things about what that faction knows about and then have your world fucking shook by this cosmic event that the game is about. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to play as just a single faction to kind of like like mix it up, like you were saying. I, I like that each faction gets priority over which details of the world they can like detail, which I think it's another good way to kind of differentiate the kind of game you're gonna play based on which faction Oh, yes, this game is gemless. Oh, yeah, it is gemless. I never even considered that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was busy being like, there's no dice. Wee! Yeah. <laughs> After you get all your world building set up and stuff, there's these different scenes, which are, or well, the different, they're called games, but they're, they're basically like scene outlines that you guys play through. And the very first one that you go through is the, the dream, the fractal mm-hmm. dream. And the fractal dream basically describes the dream that your dragon has, the very specific dream that you that your character has that's been recurring leading up to this eclipse. There's different prompts based on, you know, what could happen in your dream, what changes in your dream. There's uh, specific prompts based on the faction. Like sun dragons have a dream of the present. Moon dragons have a dream of the future. Void dragons have a dream of the past. And then there's different keywords that you could work in for inspiration, like, oh, sun dragons. There's family, smoke, worship, flame, hatchlings, flowers. Like, you know, like, oh, okay, yeah, these are neat. And you might end up returning to this scene through the game, too. It it specifically says this is for one player, and it could be something that you're doing just as you're overtaxed or if there's a scene happening between two other players that you're not involved in, like stuff like that. It says up front that dragons are immortal. Even though they fight and may beat each other up, they don't die. If they're overtaxed or badly hurt, they like escape and then they go into the dream. And you have to play a dream scene if you lose a fight, basically. Uh, I suppose tie a fight or whatever. We'll, we'll get to all the scenes for like flirting and clashing and stuff like that. Now this says it's for one player. and I have not played a firebrand. So I don't know if people go around the table and I'm like, Okay, my because this big this is how you're supposed to start the game with everybody having a dream, and mm. so I presume that we are supposed to set the game up with like everybody has the dream that portends what's about to happen, right? So if I'm right. playing a sun dragon, I may have a dream of someone ascending with unfinished business because I dream of great ambitions left un- unaccomplished, right? Do I take my turn? More or less, like, obviously this is not like a turn-based game, but turn-taking is still a thing when you're collaborating with storytelling. So, like, do I go first and describe my character dreaming of this nebulous figure who is maybe going to ascend during the eclipse, but they do not feel fulfilled with their life yet, and that's going to be a big problem, right? Like, do I do that? And then, like, you would play your void dragon and you tell your dream? I think so, because the dream is supposed to be, like, important to your character, Mm -hmm. not just as, like, character building, but in later games, there's prompts where you can actually, like, bring up your dream and be like, oh, this is mirroring what's happening in my dream, and I'm going to tell you about it. So it can be, like, a, a point of, like, interaction between you and another character. It also says anyone can ask anyone questions about the setting occasion and circumstances, so yes, it does seem like you go around and say, this is, this is my scene. This is also where I feel like 
the three to four hours thing is maybe generous because unless someone is a particularly riveting storyteller, I cannot imagine someone doing a whole five minutes here or more. Maybe if you have to like, I mean, like think about how, think about like doing a whole minute of like describing a scene is actually quite hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There is a reason that comedy sketches, like the first big milestone is five minutes. (laughs) because talking out loud that long is actually pretty hard it does say like there should be some back and forth or whatever and then it also has a note that if an image or moment in your dream seems particularly cool or likely to become meaningful write it down and then put it in the middle of the table so that everybody can see keep adding to it whenever your dream recurs okay that's cool there's also this mechanic of like putting down things that you're like that's cool and i want to keep coming back to it we have a bunch of other scenes that go through this there's the ritual at the at the sky mountain which i don't think necessarily has to happen next no because it involves a big change in either you or the world Mm -hmm. which seems like it should be you should have it happen after like some story occurs because otherwise you make a character and then immediately like change it (laughs) which isn't really i mean why let's come back to the ritual which is presented next because i think they put the two big important like story oh yeah recurring ones first um which makes sense to me that you have the the fractal dream which is the thing you keep coming back to and the ritual for whenever you want to change your character which is another thing you can keep coming back to and then you have a whole bunch of directed scenes Big party scenes. Big party scenes You've for got, interacting with each other, which are a dance. You've got your dance, yep. which I like. You've, the dance is, is about, like, physical interaction. There's a lot of, like, drawing each other close and, and changes on your changes across your form, and I lose my place in the dance. Are you going to help me stumble or lead me back into place? There's showing off. It, it, it's meant to be, like, a physical interaction sort of a scene versus conversation over food, which I really liked, which is <laughs> you guys having a feast and then just, like having intrigue, just talking and and sharing the goss. Um, (laughs) Where the dance has prompts with like, here's what I do, how do you react? There's conversation, which are, you can offer questions to each other, like, oh, you could incur my ire by bringing up blank. Do you? It's like, oh, oh, do I? Oh, probably. But then there's also conversation topics, which are like different, potentially like world important things that could come up. Like, oh, there was... A radical moon dragon scholar was publicly censored. Like, oh, okay, let's talk about that guy. Like, that's important to the game now. I like that, that there's just, there's not just like the prompts of, you could do this, do you? This could happen, will it? But then there's also, here's some shit your characters might want to talk about that is (laughs) intriguing. Just from a gameplay perspective, you might want to warm up. Like, because I feel like once you get to the part of like, like in the dance where it's like, my pleasant words conceal an obvious threat. How do you reply? Right? Like... Yeah. If you are not warmed up, that is a cold open. Yeah, right? Like that's, Yeah, yeah. That's that's a lot to get into if you are not already feeling your character or whatever. And I feel like if someone started with that, I would be like, uh pass. <laughs> but so I feel like the a conversation over food is maybe a great place to start from a practical play perspective because it's got yeah. all these really great conversation topics, which remind me very much of microscopes questions for the scene it's much easier to start warming up and thinking about your character if you're like so i lean across the table with my claws on my goblet and i'm like did you hear about the explosion inside of thyrax's workshop you know right (laughs) (laughs) oh (laughs) what a tragedy right or whatever and then like that opens up for everybody to kind of get in character and to like think about their their ocs do not steal (laughs) 
And yes, then we, exactly. Yes. And then we have this framing for a scene where we all have something to talk about. And once people start getting comfortable with having this conversation as their dragons, then you could be like, I'm curious if you're flirting with me or not. Are you? I think that on the flip side, the very next scene, which is mm-hmm. the the demonstration, I feel like that could be also a good warm up if you're not playing characters that are very talky. The demonstration of skill and generosity is meant to be like a walk off or, or, or I'm sorry, a dance off. If you're not <laughs> familiar with Zoolander, um, it's it's meant to be like where you physically show off, which isn't just like okay, you've got like whoever is there like in their dance off, but then everyone else can be spectators. So it's not just because there's demonstrator prompts which are like "Ooh, i impress with the power of my blood breath and body oh (laughs) but then there's the spectator prompts which can be you know i lavish praise on my favorite demonstrator or i loudly point out a tiny flaw in someone's performance like those are also really good like warm-up prompts yeah for your guy my my favorite here is i pretend to be unimpressed but my mood shows otherwise (laughs) (laughs) so i think it's important to note that both the demonstration of skill the car and the conversation over food and the dance that's three things not two things everyone can play in these scenes the next three are so good (laughs) Um, so there's pursuit which is for two players yes for whatever reason one of you is chasing the other and Mm -hmm. this doesn't give you the parameters of whether it's a physical chase a mental chase a social chase it's meant to be like you have questions for the pursued and then questions for the pursuers and the pursuit is stuff like what do you intend if you catch me how can i tell I use my knowledge of the terrain to blank. How well does it work? How are you following me? How are you, how do you nearly chase me? What is going to make you give up chasing me? And then pursuer is stuff like, what do you hope for if I catch you? I use my knowledge of the terrain to blank. How are you evading me? How are you getting away from me? What might make you let me catch you? And then for the ending, the pursuit chooses how the, the scene ends. It's things like, you've proven yourself. I let you catch me. How do you feel? Or I've led you to a wonderful and secret place. Do you like it? Um, (laughs) Fool, you've fallen into my trap, (laughs) which is great. Um, I'm nowhere to be found. What does your defeat taste like? I like it a lot. It's left not just for like, this could be fraught. This could be you're chasing someone to try to fight them, to try to stop them, to try to kill them. This -hmm. could be kind of fun and flirty. This could be you're chasing someone because it's fun. Like, oh no, don't get me. Oh no. Like, that's... (laughs) That's cute. I like that. Yeah. It doesn't really tell you that it has to be one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And it can even, like, as part of the setup, you choose, like, why are you being chased? Why are you letting them <laughs> get away from you? And then there's different prompts. Like, this is for playfulness. This is for pride. This is for mistrust. But it can easily lead into one of the next two scenes, which are mm-hmm. either at each other's throats, which is for any number of players, and in each other's arms, which is also for any number of players. <laughs> <laughs> I like it uh, very much. Yeah, so at each other's throats is for fighting, because we did say this was a game about fighting, fighting, fighting and kissing. And of course, in each other's arms is the kissing part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like everything else, they're all about framing how you ask each other questions and discussing the scene. And in at each other's throats, you have light and heavy moves, which can lead directly into fucking if you want it to yeah any of them can lead into the other scene right (laughs) both both scenes have options that are like this leads to fighting this leads to smooching (laughs) so also one of the things you can say when you're clashing with each other is do we have an audience so like everybody might be watching these two dragons spar or you know lock horns as it were or you know you know 
Uh-huh. I'm going to have to start getting coy because there's still a 16 year old on this floor. Okay. But yeah, there's, there's the light moves and the heavy moves during the fight. It actually says, as you start, the first three questions have to be from the light moves. And mm-hmm. after that, you can start making heavy moves. So it kind of helps you build up this momentum where there's the first three moves that are just like kind of testing each other. Like, Oh, I make a threat display. Oh, I try to catch you off guard. Oh, I leap and wrestle playfully like a hatchling, which is adorable. <laughs> yeah. But then the heavy moves are like, we unleash our breath at full power. I pin you by bulk and force of will. It's very good. And then the, one of the heavy moves is game swap. This is no longer a fight. <laughs> <laughs> if you have moved on to something intimate, and this is very clearly not explicitly sexual, but it is very physical in its description, like in the way it guides the conversation. So this, just thinking on it, this may be uncomfortable for someone who is touch averse, just yeah just, yeah just, there is just, a just lot of that occurred to me because a lot of things are talking about touching like it isn't necessarily they fucking but it is definitely about like touching so you know bear in mind i suppose may not be for someone who doesn't like that idea so it's it suggests that you converse as you like naturally during the conversation any of you may whenever you like begin an exchange by making an advance and you have advanced moves like what questions and stuff um addressed to one or more partners um so it's cool that this is not necessarily also a one-on-one thing you could have a big dragon cuddle puddle and i like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah me too so you have advances and then you have answers so you ask the advances are all questions you you describe what you do and then you ask for consent and then the answers are role play hints for how to respond if you are giving or not giving your consent and then the scene ends until you part, swap games, or draw a curtain upon what follows. So, like, if you were like, no, we definitely are going to go bonk, and then you're like, (laughs) (laughs) So some of the advances are like, I touch your wrist, hair, cheek, thigh, other human part. May I? Or, and then it's the same question, but with dragon parts, like wing, tail, horn, scale, fang, etc. And then, of course, may I? Always asking for consent. That's very important. I do not only touch, but kiss you as above. May I? So, like, very explicit smooching. And then the the answers are things like, you may, but first I want you to blank. Will you? Or, you may, but first I want to blank. Do you mind? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then then you can also withdraw your consent and say, you may not. And I shapeshift partially or fully. Or, you may not. Or it's... You may not, but only because I clearly desire a bolder advance, <laughs> which is like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Wow. <laughs> That's not enough. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you can, you say, you may not, and I respond with a light or heavy move from at each other's throats, and then we continue in that game. So if someone gets too cuddly and you're like, whoa, no, hey, hey, hey. The sexy game could turn into the fight game, either right. because you like to fight or you're like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so you, you continue through these scenes as much as you want, is the understanding that I'm under. And then you move both doing the like, okay, and so that at any point in these scenes, you might also decide to be changed. And that's when you do the um, transformation scene, which I guess we should go over. Yeah. Scrolling, ba- scrolling back up. <laughs> okay. So uh, we have this, um, the ritual at the mountain, uh, which mostly just lets you change your character. You also get to describe what the changing vistas of the Sky Mountain looks like. That's very cool. You can also change the faction. It asks, does the sun, moon, void, or world call to you? And then you can change your breath or your blood. And this this looks like it's a pretty quick scene. You an- yeah. enter the ancestral meta dream. You can call upon your fractal dream. You zoom in to reveal what's within or zoom out to reveal what's beyond. All dreams are connected. All dragons share dreams is a very cool detail. You pick some, some keywords to talk about what 
the slice of the meta dream you're in. And then afterwards, two of those elements that you picked remain with you and they forever alter the landscape of your fractal dream. So you put them on the card that you put down earlier. Cool how that this sort of references back to itself. And I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I did too. And then of course there is the last game, which is the ending. Um, yeah, which is when the eclipse happens and then you have the choice of either... Oh, okay. So the choice is, is very interesting. To decide who was chosen by destiny, each player puts a hand out simultaneously and holds up zero, one, or two fingers. Starting from the current player, who's the one that picked this game, go around the table clockwise, a number of players equal to the numbers you all held up. The player you end up on is the one who is chosen. So if the total is one, the chosen would be on the current player's left. If the total is zero or is equal to the number of players, it would be the current player. And if it's more than that, you loop around and keep going. And then the person who's chosen gets to decide whether this game ends in someone achieving totality, which is one dragon gets nirvana and ascends. Everybody sings memories. Or um, <laughs> all of your bonds to each other cause you to attain unity, which is one of the choose a third options, which is instead of achieving dragon nirvana, you all get drawn into the sky mountain where you're like subsumed into the eternal dream with your ancestors. Or you can choose to let your ancestors free and break the sky mountain, which is like, oh, you're ending the cycle. It's very cool that each of these options has a little like a collection of prompts for like basically how is the game going to end how does your character leave their mark on the world or how do all of you like enter the the shared dream and then the very last one is this epilogue where for those who remain in the world it's like 100 years from now where are you what are you doing what image from the day of the eclipse has become part of your dreamscape like which shapes you or for those of you who attain totality or unity a hundred years from now, what remains of your legacy? Who talks about you and why? And a thousand years from now, what will the next chosen see when they meet you in the meta dream? So it can be like this really neat, like, it's a very neat framing of, a, of an epilogue. I like it as a, how does your character leave a mark on the world that you guys created through this game? And I like it. I, I said there were two endings and I had scrolled past a page. There's four, which I think you went through. The eclipse, the totality. Yes unity and then break the mountain and then and then of course the epilogue let's do our closing thoughts and then our, our wrap up and tell people where we could can, can buy it um okay. what were your impressions and or critiques this is this is um, really short it's 18 pages long so there's like firebrand style games are very outside of my usual wheelhouse and i feel mm -hmm. like i would need a s specific group to play through like i would love to play through this with a with a certain other kind of like friend group party. You know what I mean? And it'd have to be a text-based game. Just my own, I'm not saying everyone have to play this for my own personal, for my own personal pleasure. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm with you on that one. But I'm not entirely sold on Firebrands as an in-person style game, but if I did come back to like, oh, okay, let's try out a Firebrands like hack, I would probably come to this one first because it's pretty straightforward. It's very on brand for me. Keep saying it's very straightforward. It's a very easy to get to the, the heart of the game, the themes of you're a hot, sexy dragon and there's dreams and the world is changing. And it's kind of a kind of a gauzy romantic kind of a setting and, and feel. I feel that Alex really nailed it, honestly, with all of the, the prompts, the different game choices. Honestly, I think my only critique is that I wish there was a little more to the layout, but this also makes it very printer friendly. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot, e it's very easy to like share it and, and, and get other people on board with it. I agree with you on all accounts there, um, including like kind of wish there was something a little more something to it, but it does pretty clearly see, seem like it's meant to actually be printed off and then like stapled together because of the way it's laid out. And it's only 18 pages. And so if you do that like front back printed, it's, it's not even gonna waste that much paper. 
And honestly, that's kind of awesome <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. At first I was like, this is sort of simple. And then I was like, actually, you know what? This looks like it's actually meant to be a print at home thing. And that's pretty fucking cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. Changed my mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am 100% with you that I feel like I might be too awkward to play it in person. Yeah, I, I would just be like... <laughs> It, through, in, like, everything. in all honesty, <laughs> I would need to be a little socially lubricated in order to do it. Okay, are we gonna have like, like a like like a socially lubricated text based Dragon Hearts game later? Oh no, no, I could do it over text without a problem. But if I was doing it face to face, I would be like, "Get me my bottle of wine, like, <laughs> get me my Delta Eight gummies, thank you." Uh, <laughs> I don't mean like I'd have to be drunk to do it, but like one relaxes and feels a little better after like a glass of wine. Um, yes, yes. And it makes you a little bit, or at least me, a little bit less inhibited. And like, not to be like, <laughs> when someone is like, my, your mouth is close to my ear. What do you say? You know, right? Like, <laughs> right. I would, I, would, I would have a hard time with that, like face to face, just be a, a blushing mess. And especially trying to play that with people I didn't know. Yeah. Imagine trying to play yeah. this as a con game. Like, no, <laughs> I will not. <laughs> Actually, if I if there's like this transcendent thing for me at conventions where I'm like, these people are never going to see me again. I don't care. And like I, I gain the power of anonymity because I'm just like, who cares if this person thinks I'm weird? There's 30,000 people here. I'm disappearing into never, the night when this is over. Never seeing them again. Right? Like they may I, remember I, me forever, right? Like but, I have but, too much shame. But they're never going <laughs> to see me again. I think it might actually be more awkward with people you know, because I'm going to see them again next week, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> You'll be like, oh, no, are they thinking about that sexy dragon game that we played? Oh, no. Right, 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 right. exactly. Um, but but I, I, would, I would play this over text, and I'm, I'm deeply interested in things like Firebrands and other games that shape conversation, because I'm very interested in conversation-shaped, shaping mechanics for social systems in more traditional yeah. games. And I think there's a lot to learn from leaning on the idea of not using dice for that and instead simply using questions, answers, consent, and conversation shapers to move those types of scenes. And you can go listen to the deep dive about Bluebeard's pride in social mechanics to hear how I feel about that. This is just another <laughs> tool in the toolbox. Would you play yep. it? Would I play it? Yeah, would you play it? I'm, like if, I know, if you... I'm I'm already thinking about who I want to DM and be like, hey, we need to play this. <laughs> well, there's no DM. It's a GMless game, so. No, I mean, like, direct message. Oh, oh, <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> who am I going to tap for this text-based Dragonhearts game? <laughs> oh, right, right, right. So you, can, you can buy this at fractaldragon.itch.io slash dragonhearts. Pretty easy to find. Um, we will yep. also put it in the, the show notes on Patreon and when it goes up on MMP. It is $12, so extremely reasonable. <laughs> I'm getting the link. Okay. I'm gonna put it in the baby chat. All right. BXP is brought to you by the Misdirected Mark Network. Bing! I'm not gonna, I'm gonna bing? There's six community copies. I did do the bing, did you hear me? No, I didn't hear you. Hello. Oh, bing! Thanks, There's no, uh, There's six community copies right now. Oh, okay, they probably cool. won't be there by the time this episode comes out. But if y'all are interested in trying out Dragon Hearts, go see if there's any community copies. Become a BXP patron. Many of you who are listening right now already are. But for those listening at home, patrons get to chat with us directly. They get special Discord roles and exclusive hangouts. You can support us for as literally as a... As, as literally? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's as little as a dollar a month. 
And if you'd rather support VXP without committing to monthly payments, you can still buy a coffee, ko-fi.com slash bonus VXP, and buy our stuff. We have a lot of really good stuff. Go to vxpcast.com slash swag and check out our merch page, which where we are sponsored by Nerdy Kepi. You can get all kinds of rad queer swag and also bonus experience stuff. Don't yep. forget to use code BXPCAST at checkout for 10% off. Also, if you backed the Kickstarter when the the essence kickstarter when the nerdy keppy bags go live i believe that code will work for them oh shit oh that's really good <laughs> uh so try it if you back to the essence kickstarter and you're getting a cool bag well we all are because we're all going to get links for, yeah. to buy those exclusive bags because that was a stretch yes. goal so everybody's going to be allowed to so try using code bxpcast 10 percent off your bag we get some money you get a fucking cool exclusive bag never expires you can it's come back really and buy mean. A skater dress with pockets that's got the rainbow <laughs> pride flag on it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I think they're adding swimwear, too. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, shit. Summer is not over yet. I believe there is some gender-inclusive swimwear, swimwear already on the site. So. Oh, God, I got to go take a look at that. Cool. Also, remember that saying nice things is always free. Leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, wherever, and help us get more listeners. And yep, just thank to you. do our, our mandatory plug, if you like bonus experience, you'll also like Mastering Dungeons. RPG veterans and game designers Teos Abadia and Sean Merwin look at the game and the hobby of D&D from a variety of viewpoints, reporting the news, understanding the business, reviewing the products, and illuminating the design. Those all seem like things that people from BXP would be interested in, so hey, check that out. Whether you're a fan, a player, a DM, or a designer, Sean and Teos cover topics of interest to you. I did it Monica. in the whole mid-episode break room here at the end. <laughs> Monica, you're incredible. Thank you. Where could they find our show? You can find us at bxpcast.com, part of the Misdirected Mark Network. Bing! Thank you. Did that one come in? You did. All right, cool. Uh, what about emailing us? Yeah, you can email us with more suggestions for games we should read live or other topics you want us to cover or just to tell us that you love us or to send us weird promotions about your app <laughs> <laughs> at bonusexpcast at gmail.com. What about Twitter, though? Are we on Twitter? Yeah, you can ping us for the same reasons at bonusexpcast. I'm at Ray W. Cole. I am at Zenith Sun. Go ahead and follow me. And now everyone needs to get out because Monica has another thing yeah, I gotta, to Yeah, I, I have a thing to go do. And change it if you want to. Yeah, change it if you want to. Bye-bye. Bye. Do I have to do this? Really? In Saturnine, I'm quite powerful, you know. Oh, fine. Suppose a weaver of my renown could stoop to a script versus the graceful elegance of combining aggregates to unleash magic upon the actuality. Bonus experiences written and produced by Monica and Ray, those Vancian trods, and edited by me, Margaret. You weren't even going to give me credit, were you? <laughs> Luckily, all my work is marked with the indelible essence of my Testament of the Suns. Our logo and art is by Nino Studios. Find her on Facebook and Instagram, and I believe she has a studio in Zardem, as well as near the City on the Hill under Silver. Our theme song is Reuse Noise with Light by CDK, and is used under the attribution, non-commercial, Creative Commons license, a license preferred by the Elderbrin. BXP is part of the Misdirected Mark Network, and is available on Finery Theoric Radios. What? No, I'm not making a stupid pun. See you at Zeros.